Hi folks, welcome to CLD Talks. I'm your host Connor Maxwell. Today I'm speaking to Stephanie Thompson who started off her career as an apprentice youth worker with her local health board and remains part of that today. We discuss Stephanie's time at university, memorable moments and her passion for CLD. Without further ado, here's Stephanie Thompson. Stephanie, if you want to just tell us a wee bit about yourself and your experience in CLD so far. Hello, thanks very much for having me. Um, so I currently work um, within my local health board as a community worker, which I think is a bit of a, a strange one to some folk. No, everybody expects to find CLD um, within the local health board, but um, I have been there for seven and a half years, which is completely flown by. Um, you know, can I be major back there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I've been, I came into the NHS as a modern apprentice, um, again, which a lot of people don't know exists. So I was a modern apprentice youth worker, and that isn't anything that had been seen before in any of the health boards across Scotland. It was a kind of brand new post. Um, so the team lead I was working under at the time came from a kind of CLD background, um, and she just could totally see the benefit in marrying up the kind of youth work ethos and values to youth and community work within the NHS. So um, I was just really lucky enough to kind of stumble upon that that opportunity and I've yeah. been there um, ever since. Do they still do those traineeships? Yeah, so the last I heard are with COVID, I'm not sure what their uptake's like. So they have always done, I think, not always, but the pack, kind of modern times have always done kind of apprenticeships and things like that. But they used to be quite staggered and sporadic. Like they would maybe take on kind of seven for the Christmas leavers and then maybe more in the summer. Um, but in 2013, um, they'd done a big launch and they took on, oh, I don't even want to quote the number, but I think it was maybe three figures, you know, they took on, it was a big push. Really? Um, they'd been an aging workforce and we want to bring loads of young people um, and and the, the kind of local health board. Um, so there was your kind of primary care and healthcare support work and all that opportunities. There was loads within a state, so your kind of plumbing, the electrician, um, and there was two wee sneaky youth worker modes and apprentices in there. Um, so I was just really lucky. Like it is one of the, the things like total sliding door um, opportunities yeah. where um, I was actually working in social care at the time. I'd done a brief stint in in social care that I absolutely loved um, and I was in my, my mate's house when, when you could be in people's houses <laughs> and, uh, what a time what a time that was <laughs> what a time it was for the good old days and uh, my mate's mum was like oh Steph there's I seen a post and that came up that's coming up through this modern apprenticeship scheme and um, I just couldn't help but think of you um, I'll send you more information about it I was like oh that's great so I wasn't actually working in youth work at the time so if I take, take you way back to when I was at school, way, way, way back, um, I actually, my main interest was in community arts. Um, I was like a total music drama kid at school, which won't surprise people probably. presentation. <laughs> what kind um, of music? What kind of music, um, can they? So I think I'm one of the only people that's like done like high on advanced higher music and I don't play an instrument. Fun fact about myself. Um, uh, how? <laughs> So um, my school did sound engineering. Ah, nice. Which was really cool. Um, and so really I should have a podcast for now, Connor, or that sound engineering background. And I did singing too. So total music, musical theatre kid. Um, 
done my singing and loved drama. So um, I discovered there was this course that was community arts. I was like, that's amazing because I love working with people. I love the idea. It was kind of one of the people I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew what I liked. My mum and dad always kind of instilled that. Find out what you're good at, find out what you enjoy and take it from there. And I was like, well, this sounds wonderful. I can work with people and I can do all the easy fun things um, and so if MD because you obviously just kind of see this it's definitely totally just done a dance just so you know like, that was just a wee <laughs> um, so, um, that was like my total plan um, that I was going to go ahead and do so I was really lucky at the time that Castmark Youth Complex is like just up the road for me um, and obviously they are amazing the work they do they've been on the go for over 20 years and they do a show every year normally when we can do things like that um, so I got in touch with them and I was like, I've got a real interest in doing community arts. Would you mind if I linked in with a wee bit? And them being the organisation, now that I'm more up, like, kind of, um, so I was only 16 at the time. It was kind of pre, like, the end of school. Um, and I went up and they were like, yeah, you can just help us out with, with the kind of show side of things. Um, and it was a great opportunity, you know, um, just rocking up and, and learning for people that had been doing it for so long. But I think what I really quickly realised was, I mean, I did kind of know my dad was a youth worker, so I did understand what community arts would have entailed to an extent. I think I really quickly realised, like, oh, wow, like, although you're there working with these young people, whether it's, like, set design or singing or dancing, like, they're really confiding in you. Like, you really know these young people and this is a real safe, comfortable space for them. And something just went off in my mind where I was like, oh, I like this and I like the idea of being able to do that type of work, you know, aside to the jazz hands, although that was fab. <laughs> um, so I went to go and apply for that. And it was the year that Strathclyde got their courses. So community education went with it, as we know, um, and community arts went as well. So I kind of found myself at the end of six year going, oh, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I had a really great guidance teacher at school, we talk about people who have really like been there at a crossroads, I think, when you're a young person, that you, that you feel kind of weak to you in a good direction. And she was like, let's sit down and see what you enjoy and what you're good at. And I was one of the youngest in my year, so I'd only just turned 17. And I was like, do I really want to go and do four years at uni and commit to something? And yeah. um, she was like, well, social care sounds up your street. You really want to work with people. You really want to work like in the community. Why don't you go and do social care? Um, and I loved it. I really loved working in social care. Um, it got me, one of the really good things about that was the, the SVQ qualification as well that we do over in youth work. Um, so it gets you into that whole like reflective practice side of things as well, which was really good. And I don't yeah. know how it would have went, never having done that to then jump into like the qualifications that we have in community work. Um, and it was my introduction to like group work as well, you know, like when I was doing support work, I was working in like day centres and things. So a lot of that was a real good learning curve to then go and do some of the youth and community work that I went on to do as well. Um, so yeah, when the opportunity came up for the, the modern apprenticeship with the youth work, I kind of transitioned the social care back into, um, into youth and community work. Um, so was really lucky. We, as I said, it was a really big cohort of modern apprentices. Um, and the, at the end of that, I think it was a kind of two or three year most people were on. Um, they had like an awards thing. It was the trade union supported an awards event 
for all the modern apprenticeships and I was lucky enough to come first runner up and the winner was the other youth worker post. So oh, people that get to clone within the NHS um, under that programme, it was the two modern apprentice youth workers that came first and second, which not to dismiss the amazing work, especially just now that primary oh. care staff are doing within the health boards, I just think for somebody to have sat and went, I think that youth work values and principles work really well within the health board to a couple of years later that happening just shows actually how well youth and community work does go within that setting, do you know? Yeah, but also then speaks to the good work and that you guys done for that to happen as well. So, you know, and you must have made such a difference in people and proven that you were learning and developing the way that maybe they were hoping to go. I think having the people round about us that gave us the space and opportunity to do it as well. Because mm-hmm. when you invite something in that's never been done before, it can be scary, especially in public sector, when we know that things aren't always as flexible, <laughs> if that's the right way to put it. And yeah. um, so we're really lucky to be surrounded by people who really nurtured us at points and really gave us the space to go out and do. Like as part of that, they were like, oh, it would be good if you undertook some placements and stuff. Although we had to be back in a volunteering experience and things like that. And organisations were just so welcoming and warm. They were like, yeah, come out with us and see what we do. Like, try your hand in this. And we worked across so many different areas geographically, but also just different kind of groups and services or groups and things like that. It was just great that people were so willing to engage, like partners and everything. Like, yeah, come and see what we do on a Tuesday night for so many weeks. And uh-huh. It was just invaluable, like that, that support and that space to learn and mistakes and yeah it was fab that's brilliant especially how because especially with placements it can be really difficult and sometimes organizations don't let people in to see so it's really good to hear that some organizations were so welcoming and were just like i'm on in because that doesn't always happen so that's that is really really good I was really lucky just for if there's anybody listening because they're looking to start out and do kind of like pursue a career in CLD stuff. Um, the great thing with the NHS Modern Apprenticeships was you were guaranteed a post at the end of it. And a lot of these opportunities, sadly, the funding's not there at the end of it. Do you know, um, so for us, we were really lucky that at the end of that kind of traineeship that they were, were guaranteed a post within the health board. Um, so we were really lucky in that sense. So, and they still can't get rid of me. <laughs> no, never leaving. <laughs> No. So just now, um, post-graduation, my post is a wee bit different. Um, I'm actually on a secondment just now to a, um, a kind of higher-up post now that I've um, got my degree under my belt. So now um, it's a lot more, it's a kind of community post, so a lot more kind of community development. It's not specific to young people, um, although I do still do a bit in child poverty because um, I do financial inclusion work um, and some adult mental health work as well. So... I just think it's just so like broad and it's such, such a big range of work, but, which is what I love about it. It's really strange starting a new job during COVID, definitely. Um, oh, so what happened during COVID? Or- yeah, it started the end of November 2020. So um, I've just moved just moved post the past couple of months, yeah. So it's, it's wow. been interesting. <laughs> um, but it's been great as well. And I think... Like I said, it's a post within the wider team that I was part of. So yeah. I'm really lucky the same organisations that were giving me placements seven years ago are still 
checking in and making sure I'm all right and um, I've still got that relationship with them so I'm really lucky that I work heavily in the govern area as part of that post and organisations like Govern Youth Information Project and that were the ones that were, were helping me um, volunteering their summer programme all the years ago so it's nice that the relationships have kept going um, and it's still part of what I'm doing so it's nice. Definitely. So how did you find university? Because for people who don't know, we met at UWS, so we were both yeah. in the same class. Um, so how did you find it? Because I never done honours, I bowed out. I swear, as I said, I swear the uni thing as a school leaver, just purely because I just felt a bit young and I didn't have that... I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what the job was. So I completely appreciate if you've been one of those people that for the age of five has had like your teddies lined up in a row on a chalkboard because you might be a teacher that you would just go for it, do you know? But for me, I just needed to do a bit of figuring out first. Um, so as I said, community arts didn't exist anymore. And it wasn't until I was doing my kind of youth and community work with the health board um, that I spoke to other people who had studied um Comed either at like master's level or as an undergrad and I was like oh that sounds right up my street <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was really lucky funnily enough I feel like I'm going to be giving shout outs to um, checks quite a lot during this do it, but, um, do it. <laughs> but um, one of the turning points for me like whilst I was doing all my training and stuff was I did the health issues in the communities course the um, checks run as part of the Scottish Community Development Centre and that's all, so it was great. So that was another thing, like the health board were like, let's like bring like new starts in and teach them about the social model of health and social justice and power and participation. Like it was amazing. So me being like bright eyed and bushy tailed and like a wee sponge, I was like, this is fab. Like this is everything I've ever wanted. And then at the end of it, they're like, and this is community development and you can study this. I was like, oh, wow, you can actually go and spend your time studying this. So that kind of piqued an interest for me. Um, so I was really lucky that somebody else in my team was um, had done the course, I think kind of two years above where we were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chatted to them about it and just asked how they were finding it and they were loving it. So I took the plunge. Um, so the way I did it, um, everybody's different. Some people get to do it through their work. Some people do it in work sessionally. Um, I had to kind of reduce my hours. My work gave me some time um, to go and do it, but it was pretty much kind of working as most people that do comment do, working and yeah. chatting. So I think the good thing was, although I was that wee bit older when I went back, I kind of knew what I was letting myself in for. And I knew that I had chosen to do it. So... I was like, right, this is going to be tough, but it's what I really want to do, do you know? Yeah. Whereas I know fine well, if a few years prior, my priorities were just different and that would have probably been a totally different experience. But what I loved about UWS was like, they were really, I mean, all the unis that do like comedy and community development, they're such a really close-knit community in Scotland and they're all amazing. But what peaked at UWS for me was, I felt like they were like, you can do this and you're capable, so how can we make this work for you? Do you know, they were very accommodating and very much like people who are working in this field and exactly who should be coming here, do you know? And I just I just felt like it, they were great. And um, I remember going for a week in a chat because I was a direct entry in a second year, just felt the lucky opportunities I'd had as like a modern apprentice doing loads of different training and things like that. Um 
and I just went to have a chat with them and they were just like so tell us a bit about what you do and it just seemed very I was like I felt like no I'm here and I feel like I've got a right to be here and these people are rooting for you as much as you're trying to root yeah. for yourself um so I absolutely loved it I think particularly um I think sometimes I worried that academia wouldn't be for me like in the sense that I mean no one in my family's went to uni <laughs> like do you know like yeah. it's just not the done thing and I think uni to me although plenty of my friends went a lot of my friends studied maybe sciences or even social sciences to an extent and when they chatted to me about uni it always felt like somewhere a bit different and I was always a bit worried about no like belonging or if that was the right place for somebody like me and what I loved about doing comedy at UWS was it just didn't feel like that at all and like everyone on the course as well is there because they're just passionate about what they do do you know and they're really eager and keen to learn and just become the best at what they can do and what they can be so I absolutely loved it um and it's so good because everybody was so helpful as well like everybody and we, we had a really good group of people that were as in our year group um because it didn't matter what you were sort of if you were struggling with an essay or if you were doing one of the class assignments or whatever you were doing then you always had somebody to turn to, to speak to and you always got that support nobody was selfish it was it was a good we had a good group we really really did and what i loved as well is like honestly in terms of like age background professionally or personally it was such a mixed group of people ah. and I think that's when it works best because like you're saying like whether somebody's helping you because they've like been there professionally sometimes somebody's been there personally as well and if I'm coming and saying oh I'm working with like a young parents group somebody's maybe sitting going oh well when I went through that experience as a young parent you know and it's a great insight and I think that's what you find with CLD. A lot of people end up in this job because they have been the participant. They've been the person that's been there. And then that opportunity is arose for them, you know? So I think that's what's a bit, um, I want to say unique because there will be other, other examples of that. But I think that's something that's more common in our profession than others is that people have really been through a journey in engaging with services and then coming out the other end, you know? Uh, definitely is and that's that was my experience I went to my local youth club and um, became a volunteer became sessional and now I'm still with them you know and that that was my that's why I ended up my career path being because I went there and just really loved it and the the staff that were there were brilliant they were so welcoming and they showed me how you can make a difference and then the experience going to uni was just a total like that just blew my mind a bit about how much you know but you don't know as well and I ended up really appreciating it more than I thought I would have. Um, I think the good thing is as well like I say because everyone that's there is there because they're so passionate about what they do so that kind of drives you a bit as well like you're filled you're in a room with people who like that are our youth and community workers like through and through whether it's like in their own time that they just completely dedicate every spare minute they have to their community or someone who's been a youth worker for 20 years you can't sit in that environment and not be inspired and really want to do your best because you're like oh these people over about me are amazing <laughs> like, and doing. it's it's brilliant and I think what I loved is I don't know if you feel this as well Connor but like I felt like the whole time I was there it was basically somebody saying, but why? 
So you would be like, yeah, I did that, but why? But why? And sometimes you'd be like, oh, but it's the best thing for career development ever because now I find myself, whether it's writing a report, applying for funding or consulting with people, it's like, but why? <laughs> it's like, yeah. in now, but why do we do that? <laughs> but you know, and it's such a simple question that but it blows your mind at so many times and you could be you could have this amazing idea and be running with it but somebody will turn around and say why and then you're stumped and you're like oh i don't know why and i think the best pieces of work like you're saying is when you can turn around and say exactly why do you know like you know the people you're working with so well or you you know you just know the purpose of what you're doing so well and that's when it works that's when magic happens do you know it is magic it's magic um so has there been any role models you've had in your career or is there anybody that's really sort of pushed you to get to where you are just now i think i mentioned earlier my dad was a youth worker completely in his own time so he's a butcher of trade and i didn't fancy idolizing him going down the butcher route no offense um yeah my dad was a youth worker um, and he would just tell me kind of like anecdotal things about like what he'd been up to or what was happening in the youth club. And I think if, I sometimes wonder if my dad hadn't have done that, would I have even went down this path? Would I have stumbled upon this? Would I know, do you know, that I could even yeah. pursue this? So I think I can't not acknowledge that, that we taught, that I knew that that's what he went out and done three, four nights a week, do you know? So... I need to give him a wee bit of credit for that. And the one thing that my dad always says to me about youth and community work that I still think about is your job is to do yourself out a job in the sense that by the time you have worked with people, a person, a group, a service, it should people should be built up to such a point that they don't need you. Yep. And I think that's something that's really stuck with me and I still think about it. And sometimes it can be sad. Like I've been in situations where my like my recent posts where I've worked with groups of people for years. And it's so sad sometimes when they're moving on, but you need to see it as like, they don't need to be anymore. Hey. <laughs> they're grand, they're fab, they don't they're shining, they don't need that support I, anymore. Um I was told the exact same thing. So it is and it definitely is. That's when the young people or the adults or the families you're working with get to that point where they no longer need you, you know you've done a good job. You know you've done your bit. Even just in terms of, I just think anyone that I came across in my career, whether it's people I currently work with or people that I maybe shadowed when I was volunteering and things like that, it's always the people that like are completely selfless, like in a sense that they always just put the people they're working with at the forefront and they'll kind of, speak truth to power a bit as well do you know that it's like yeah there's 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 rules in there for a reason and there's things we need to go by for a reason but sometimes things need challenged in the right way for the benefit of people do you know and I think when I think back to who's really inspired me or helped my practice it's people who've just always really stuck to their gut and really supported people like by hook or by crook that I just think and can I and gave a voice, like gave, lended their voice almost, you know, and I just think for me, that's the kind of people I look up to, the people who just go with their gut and do what they know is right, even if it might be the, the bumpy the bumpy route. 
what sort of work have you done recently around the COVID pandemic? Because I know that everybody's had to change what they're doing. So obviously working for the health board pretty much straight away, they were like, no, like pretty early on, kind of no face-to-face for the foreseeable and shut all that down. And it's really hard when you're in the middle of, say, eight-week programmes or whatever, do you know, with young people, the way that we tend to work. It's really tough. And obviously you can try and move online as quickly as possible, but there is always going to be that wee gap, um, which is strange in that whole not knowing how long something's going to go on for, do you know? I don't think any myself year a year down the line. Um, so initially... Um, we were kind of trying to get as much resource and information out as possible. Um, so being the health board, a lot of time it's, people are turning to you for information around, well, what services are still up and running, do you know, um, if people's mental health is really suffering with this uncertainty and stuff, like where, where can we go? So um, families as well, a lot of family support and like provision, whether that was support with education, formally or maybe like um, activities just after school hours and things like that. So the first few weeks, it was kind of all systems go, just try to get reliable information out. Um, but I also, um, leading up to lockdown the past few months, had been doing a lot of work on um, free period product provision and trying to make sure that that was more accessible in communities. So obviously we've been really lucky um, to free provision and education for, for some time in terms of our schools and universities. There was just something in me and it might have been the nature of the young people I was working with, but I was like, no, every young person firstly goes to school and secondly, if they do, they might not spend a lot of time there and it might not be somewhere they feel safe and comfortable, but our youth and community orgs is definitely somewhere they feel safe and comfortable yeah. a lot of the time. So um, I was doing a lot of kind of partnership work to look at, right, where can we get this provision and how does that set up? And there was some amazing organisations like the Simon community who were doing some great work um, with the homeless population. So we're like, well, how can we learn and work together? And then COVID hit. So what you were finding was, as we know, a lot of community response for necessities, you know, food provision and things like that. And I mean, these organisations weren't food banks. They didn't, this wasn't something they had experienced doing and getting supply and distributing these things. They just sprung into action. So they didn't have the link the way a food bank would to to receive provision. Mm -hmm. So as well as food provision, I was like, well, what if we can get products like as an essential item out to these organizations too so I just kind of tapped into the links that I'd made pre-COVID and was like listen do you have products if you can get products to me I will get them (laughs) somewhere and so I spent a few weeks the first few weeks kind of April May just basically try to gather as many tampons as I could and get them into the sector that I work in. (laughs) That was pretty much what I got up to for a good few weeks. Um, But the good thing was, because I was like, I can't do this forever and that's not necessarily doing anyone good in the long term. So it was about making introductions um, and kind of saying like, here's a resource you can use to introduce this and here's the person to get in touch with. And mm-hmm. actually they've got a van, they'll bring this to you. Like, and if you can arrange stuff. So just making sure that 
that could be sustainable. And what was really great, because um, I've worked in the same area as a Glasgow, like the whole time I've been with the health board. So I've got quite a good relationship with a few of the schools because we do so much work with them. And they were like, yeah, so Stephanie, I heard you're looking for period products, like have hours because kids aren't in. At this point, there was no kind of high school provision. Yeah like have hours some of the schools were like can you make sure it goes back out to our catchment area and I was like no problem others were like as long as anyone as this does do you know because they they have rolling funding so it wasn't as if they were going to open back up at some point and not have any they knew they were going to have enough so they were like anything at all um, so yeah, I had like the deputy heads face it in high schools, like rocking up to my office with big boxes, like thanks. I was like, no thanks. Like, <laughs> um, so that was me for a good two well. And then because it's the health board, as you can imagine, they were sending a lot of a lot of emails and phone calls coming around, just basically like, can anyone help in any way possible, do you know, um, to take any of the strain off primary care. So I volunteered to go to the COVID assessment centres. I was like, I have no clinical experience, but uh, whatever <laughs> you need yeah. us to do. Really luckily at that point in Scotland, we didn't need them the way that we thought we would. Um, so I actually ended up redeployed to Test and Protect for six months, which <laughs> as a youth worker by trade, did I ever think that I would be sitting with a headset on phoning folk? No. How, how was that? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, interesting, you know, I never, like I said, I never thought I'd end up doing anything like that. Tough as well, as you can imagine, um, because where I work in health improvement, that's obviously a branch of public health, as is handling pandemics, you know, so this, you're seen as a public health member of staff who has public health experience, which we do, but I'm going, but no, I don't know about this side of things. And I had that overwhelming sense of dread. As someone who is, as you'll probably guess me, Connor, doesn't mind talking (laughs) (laughs) and and loves people, I was like, why am I so nervous about this? Why am I so scared? And I definitely think I had to just say to myself, like, if someone can work in an ICU board just now during all this, I can speak to people on a phone, you know, it might not be about youth work, it might not be about adolescent mental health, but I can speak to people and I'll be fine, you know. Um, And what I would say is actually, although it was tough some days, it was also great because you were, you felt like you were doing something. And I think as well, I had totally underestimated how much I could use my skill set and knowledge and experience because people are still people everywhere no matter what they're talking to like so if I'm speaking to someone and they're saying to me they're struggling with a certain thing actually because I'm a youth and community worker I know where to signpost and how to support and you know so it was actually interesting because I felt initially totally out my depth because I'm not a clinician I don't have that background but actually it was my community experience that probably pulled me through and made me feel like, no, I can do this because you're used to supporting people, you know? So Joe, that's actually what I was going to say. Was did you, I was going to ask you, did you then use the skills that you've got from being a community worker on the phone? Because um, 
people who are coming to you with loads of issues, you've got experience with dealing with people that are in crises and are having um, really terrible times and experiences. So how did that transfer? I think especially with issues, with things like bereavement, with really sensitive subjects where you, you can train people to the help but that first experience of dealing with someone that's really upset because of bereavement or because of the situation with a family member's mental health. It's never easy, it never is. But like you say, we're used to dealing with people in crisis and there is something about having that toolbox, you know, regardless of the situation. So yeah, it, it was a journey. <laughs> Aye, do you know, but also well done on you for volunteering and going to do that because it was a time when everybody needed all hands on deck and I know not everybody put themselves forward so that's just a credit to you for doing that. And it, I met some amazing people and like I said it was a great experience but I am, I am glad to be back I must say glad to be back. Aye I'm, I bet everybody else is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, have you got any memorable moments or any highlights of your career so far? I think I'm, I'm going to talk about health issues in the community. Again, anyone that listens to this and knows me will be like, there she goes, talking so about health When I worked in, I was a school-based youth worker and I worked alongside the HIC workers. So ah. I did, so we, we done some joint stuff together. So I was, um, I was a youth worker based in a school and then um, there was two people from NHS who were delivering that in the school so I, we complimented each other on some of the work that we were doing so I'm familiar with the good work and the amazing work that HIC does. Yeah we'll call it HIC for now on because I'll get tongue twisted saying that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had did that as I said earlier as a participant and then was lucky enough to go and do the training to then become a HIC tutor like and facilitate the course. So that was a big part of my role when I was doing the youth and community work um, in my previous post. And I think if you speak to anyone that has like experienced HIC or delivered HIC, it, it, it's just, you, you can't escape it once you're in it. It's just wonderful, the stuff you see. Um, so I think any time I deliver HIC, whether it's like a short course or there's a full accredited course, um, but sometimes you deliver kind of elements of it, um, it's always great. Um, but one of, one of the, the best pieces of work I've been involved in was we worked with a young parents group in delivered health issues in the community, which um, I hadn't done before. I didn't know the group very well. Other people in my team had done other inputs um, with different things. They were a re-established group, but I hadn't worked with them before. Um, and a lot of them were really open and honest. It was great, actually. They were just like, I don't do qualifications. I don't write essays. I don't do learning logs. Like, nah, no chance. Sorry, you're lovely and everything, but like, you're never, you're never going to get me through this. Um, so I was like, right, cool. We'll just take it as it comes and we'll see what you enjoy and what you don't. And don't be scared to be like that. Stephanie, know the day. Like, I don't get this at all. Or, but that never happened. They actually loved it. Like, and don't get me wrong, there was times where there was maybe a bit of extra support needed in terms of um, some of the written things, but that that comes up in every course, you know, as one of the things. I think it was probably my biggest learning curve in terms of um, how long it would take to get through the course. I think like now I'm like maybe um, like overly state how long it will take. But I was like, hey, that'll be no bother. We'll get through that in a few weeks. Like three months later, I was still rocking up the Wednesday morning. Like, hi guys. <laughs> um, 
But no, it was fab. So um, they actually made it through the full of HIC Part 1, which is accredited. So it's SCQF points at the same levels higher. So is that level 6, level 5? It's um, level, I think it's level 6. People that do attend to this, one get the game. But yeah, so... Um, and for a lot for a lot of them they hadn't done anything at that, that level before. So if you're looking at terms of employment opportunities and even going on to further study, that pulls all your kind of core competences up around like written skills and communication, you know. So not only has it been an amazing course for what it's meant to be, but also looking forward for them as well. Um, it really pulls some of their core competencies up in terms of a qualifications framework. Um, but they were just a great group. Um anyone that's unfamiliar with HIC, it just basically looks at things through a community development lens and it's like a social model of health so just chatting to people about different factors like social factors that influence their health whether it's housing or employment or education and all these kind of things there's a lot of work on um, stereotypes and discrimination which I love I love working with people about prejudice and really pulling out life experience and how we mould all that looks really close like poverty power and participation and equalities and then it ends kind of really rounded off nicely with community development and actually looking at all this how we can take a community development approach so um each group that goes through that does a group work project where they basically look at everything they've learned and say well actually if we were to take a community development approach in our community what could we do and they'll kind of all that and they also do um the written side of it as well which is a short kind of written, written assignment so that whole group went through their part one and got their qualification. Um, and they were like, I can't believe you got us to write an essay. <laughs> we're like, but we got there. Like, I think they felt like hoodwinked as if how did that happen? When did we actually do that? Um, but they were fab. And the folk at Czechs um, loved like their, what they'd written. And they were doing a relaunch of their youth pack. So they have a generic health issues and community pack. Like that anyone can use, but they also have a, a specific use pack. So just some of the stuff around participation and that just guided more AB for young people. Okay. And for the launch, they invited the young parents group along um, and to present. Oh, that's amazing. And it was a national launch. They were like, what? Between us? Like, um, and I was like, yep. So I it was arranging creches for really early in the morning so we could get there on time and stuff like that but um they did a kind of Q&A panel type thing where I went up with them and asked the questions and then they answered proper Roman mics and all that so people could ask them questions it was awfully fancy um in the city centre and I remember just sitting at one point going how have the girls that were like, I Stephanie, you're all right, but there's no chance that we can do this, are now sitting like in some swanky building in Glasgow City Centre talking so confidently about not just hick, about themselves, their experiences, where they want to go. Like it was just such a transformation that I was just like, you are owning this. They didn't even need me up there with them, do you know that way? And they completely shone like it was great like the amount of people after it people were like falling over themselves trying to like introduce themselves to them and chat to them and be like you could come and speak to our group of young people and show what you can do and I just think like and they had so many obstacles to overcome as well as you can imagine like the, the getting there for them in a Wednesday morning was 
was impressive enough, never mind what they produced, you know. So for me, I think that was definitely something that I always just think, I, th- I think in 10 years, I'll still look back and go, what a group, do you know? That's incredible that they went that whole journey. That's just so, so impressive. And it's just, it shows just how powerful community work can be and the right timing and the right resources can totally transform people's views. And that's uh, so, so good. That's incredible. We were really lucky that we had a a worker within the the, um, youth service that had worked with them for kind of a good while and and she was great with us, you know, just kind of communicating through the week and would let us know how they were getting on. So we knew we were kind of in a Wednesday morning because at the end of the day, we are still the health board as well. So it might actually have been that we were there to deliver hack, but something had happened that week. So actually I'm maybe going with a, a bit of prep around, like maybe we'll have a conversation around, you know, sexual health or maybe we'll have a conversation mental health before we get started today. Um, so their worker is a superhero. She's amazing. I don't think we'd have got there without working in partnership with her either. It was great. So has there been any challenges or any sort of maybe failures that you've had? And then if, it, if there's been any, what have you learned from them? I think, when, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say it was a failure, definitely a challenge. But I think one of the things that really tested me was um, we were really lucky a couple of years ago, 2018, I think, January, yeah. The, um, we... In my old post, I was the coordinator for the youth bank in our local area. So it's like a panel of youth volunteers. And we were really lucky that we secured funding to have um, one of the first youth-specific participatory budgeting events, which we're now going to call PB for here on out. Um, okay. So I'm sure everybody's familiar with PB now because it is just took off. It's, 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 it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, so we were really lucky um, to have this big... Um, specific PB event in the in the Tramway in Glasgow, amazing venue, couldn't recommend them highly enough, you know, anyone to work with, they were just great, um, and it was a great event, we had loads of different people there, young people presenting, young people performing, it was one of the ones where you stood and were like, this just came together so great, everybody's worked so well, and what a night, and I went to go backstage, and one of the young people was just standing in front of me, with floods of tears, like, Stephanie, I, I can't do this, like, you know, those cries where you catch your lip and can't speak. Yeah. And she was meant to be hosting, like, half the event. And was just like, I, I just can't do it. I just can't go out and stage. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm just like, what do I do? Like, what, what do you do? Do you know, there's no, yeah. like, nobody when you're doing your, your training, like, your degree goes... See, when you open a door and a young person is just bawling, like, and telling you they can't do something, here's what you do. There's no, there's no map out of that situation, oh. you know? And I was just like, oh, I, I just had no idea. And I just had to be like, okay, okay. Like, if you really feel, is there anything I can do? Like, is there anything we can do to help you on that stage? Uh, honestly, honestly, Connor, I think it was like 3.5 minutes to go or something. It was <laughs> it wasn't as if it was like an hour and a half to we start. It was like proper down to the wire. And she was like, no, no, I'm I'm not I'm really I can't do it. I can't get on that stage. I'm not doing it. And I was like, right, okay, it's fine. We'll make we'll make it work. It's all right. In my head, I'm gonna have no idea. <laughs> Aye. Like firefighting work over 
Yeah, like the, the wee, the wee man inside my head for like just running about in circles at this point. And I was like, but it's fine. And in my head, I'm just going, you just need to stay really calm in front of this young person because she already feels horrendous and I can't make her feel any worse. Like, I, just, I don't think I could have made her feel any worse, but you know, and I was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and the more I said it, like, they'll just come true if I keep saying it'll be fine. Um, and I was like, at any point, if you decide that you want to come back in, do you know, if I have to, like, a break, you're like, no, I can get up and do that. You just need to come let me know. However, if you don't, that's all right too. And luckily, the young person that she was kind of sharing um, responsibilities with is pure, I know what he's definitely like, I'll, ju- I'll just do the whole the whole thing, man. Like, just let me know. Have you got her? Like, I kill, I'll get up and do it. And it was fine. And it all went, oh, I don't think anyone that wasn't at that conversation would have known any of that had went down, you know? Um, but I was just like, at that moment, I was just like, what What do I do? Like that, that, that challenge of, can someone else do this? You've got like 150 people sitting in theater seats outside, like what do you do? Um, but it was interesting, the young person that was like, I'll just do it all, it's fine. The amount of people that night that came up to me was like, who's that young person? She's going to lead this country one day. What a public speaker. Um, so it was a great experience for her as well and just showed how great um, she is in a crisis too. But yeah, in terms of things that challenged me and really had me at a crossroads in terms of like, what type of practitioner am I going to be? <laughs> that was one of the moments. Um, so yeah, that's one that sticks out. I, do you know, and that it's it's such a high pressure situation for the worker. Ultimately, we do everything for the um, the young people, the adults, families, clients, whatever we're calling it. But for then in that moment to make sure that that person feels okay with that decision, to then while trying to create the solution at the same time, it just shows the sort of problem solving and the reaction that we need to have um, in a sort of day to day. Sorry, I don't think that's necessarily the right thing either. I mean, there's other workers that would maybe go, no, I would have totally done everything I could to like get them up there and overcome and the triumph they would have felt, you know, and somebody else's working style might have been able to make that happen. And it depends on the relationship as well you've got with the person. Um, I know, always and... totally miss their work at all. Like, I just go, oh, and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done the same as you in that. So I would have, because I, I think that if someone's is as as upset and is as as visibly as upset as that, then the best thing to do is make sure that they feel relaxed. Um, so I'm on board with that, but I think yeah, it just depends. Depends the style of work around, also the relationship mm-hmm. that you potentially have with that person. Um, that's that's an intense three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, like three hours. <laughs> I'm glad it all paid off. I'm glad it worked out for the other young person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then is there at the moment, and this is a bit of a tricky question, you know, and I, I totally appreciate that. Um, is there anything at the moment in CLD that you would like to change or maybe adapt or see more of? I just think CLD does not get the credit. And I think that has changed. I mean, if anything positive is going to come out of COVID, <laughs> it's the, the recognition that community orgs in, are getting, do you know, because they literally sprung into action before a lot of public, and I mean, it'll be different across the board, but I mean, a lot of public sector organisations were so 
behind the curve in terms of community like community orgs work, third sector orgs work, work out there, you know. Um, and I, I actually wonder where some communities would be without the organisations and how quickly they were able to find resource and manpower and just really get up and running, you know, um, and really help people at such a crisis time. I, I, re I really, so I think in terms of what needs to change about CLD is I think that more recognition is needed as a profession and what people do. Um, and I think that has been recognised to some extent, you know, you're seeing stories picked up a bit more in the media around what's happening locally, but I think politically they need a lot of backing and there's definitely politicians out there who, who do get really involved at that level and do really, really back um, the good work that's done in their community, but I think they need respect, they need funding, they need to not be let down when they need it the most, you know, um, and I just think that's the main thing. People really need to see how amazing these organisations and the people that go to them, volunteer in them, work in them are, and what happens when they're not there, because we've lost some really good organisations, or parts organisations to cuts the last few years. And it scares me to think if some of the organisations now had fallen victim to that, where would be? But in a bad enough situation, I think, without them there, um, and I think we really need to prioritise the services and the people that, that make them work. Yeah, 100%. I think that we need, it needs more funding across the board, but I think there has to be a, a greater understanding of what we do put mm -hmm. out there just for the average Joe. I think MD who's in CLD totally understands the importance of what we do and how we can benefit. But for your average punter, do they really understand you're having a cup of tea with somebody, but that cup of tea could be just that person you're speaking to is at a crisis point where you're trying to work out what's the next stage of their life. There's so many things, even the COVID reaction um, alone just speaks volumes of the amount of stuff we can do. I think um, social media has its, definitely has its pros and cons um, uh, as a platform, but I think what I really enjoy about Twitter is organisations can really use that to showcase, not that they should necessarily need to, but you know, they can really use that to showcase the impact that, that they have. One of the organisations we work really close with actually put something up over the weekend and it was like a message, they kept it confidential, it was a message they'd got from like a family and just thanking them. And I was like, you, can, you can't, you can't quantify that do you know like that's not you can't tick a box or write a tally mark down for what that means to a person so that that is the good thing about social media as a platform is you can share some of that like that the importance of that cup of tea do you know or that or dropping off that um like arts and craft package like what about the conversation that happened there what has that meant for that family and how they've been able to interact with each other because they've had that activity to do do you know so I think it does work. Is there any myths that you would like to try and rule out that relate to CLD? Yes, I just think it's kind of twofold, right? Because I think I heard you say in a previous podcast that like your pals like, I bet you just get played to pay to play pool. And I've had a bit of that myself, like, especially like in summer when I'm pure, yeah, just away to Trin Beach again. Like if people are pure, all right, I it's like you don't realise I've got 20 lanes that I need to watch or something uh -huh. like you know, um sun cream and like so 
I think there's that whole thing where it's like it's like too focused party. It's like, oh, your job must be great, and obviously it is great. This day's brilliant. Most days, or what I get quite a lot is when you say to people, oh, I do like community youth work, or I work with young people, and they go, oh, do you work with the bad ones? And I'm like, define a bad child? No, I don't really. I don't go. I don't go on it on them. Um, but <laughs> but I think like I, it's people either seem to think that you've got a total jolly. Or they think that, like, your job is just, like, they think, why would anyone ever want to work with teenagers is another one I get. Um, aye, so I think the myths are either that you're, it's, like, kind of one extreme or the other. People either think your job's easy peasy and it's great, or they think that you're working with young people who are only communicating through violence and are really don't engage. Or, and obviously they, that exists as well, but I, I don't think people realise quite how widespread our work is and what we do uh, you work with the bad veins you know that's one that you always mm-hmm. get hit with that it's and you're like no i don't and even that define a bad vein for me please mm-hmm. please I had to make the last time that I had to you know, i was in collecting at lunches uh, like a roll shot like we were going somewhere young mm-hmm. people would like took a wee order and i was like you know the morning we eyes like getting them there their, um, their pack lunches and they were like all oh, these for the bad ways <sighs> yeah the joys so what advice would you give someone who's looking to start a career in CLD I think for me like volunteer where and when you can because I think that is so invaluable like the experience you get and the mentors you get and just everything you learn during that time um, and I think really find something that works for you and your passion and your skill set so whether that is music or gaming or football do you know there's an opportunity out there for you to get involved in CLD work that will really bring forward your knowledge and your passions and what you can share with people as well so I think that's really important and don't and don't rush I mean like thinking back to the chat we had about like our uni class it was like one of the best things about that is that there was such a mix of folk who had just been in so many different journeys so I just think like do what feels right for you at the right time don't feel like you need to go and rush and study because you know there's a course there or you know like just take 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 it with what feels right for you and, and you'll get there. Yeah definitely and I think it's it's totally a what's right for you in the moment some people it's the right time to go straight after school at university or it's go and get experience um, and it's all about you and it? it's all about the individuals. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like opportunity is great and I mean my, my great auntie used to always say nobody's going to chap your door and do it for you and I love that saying like you need to just really get out there and go for it but also don't feel like you need to take an opportunity just because it presents itself if it's not what's right for you either um do you know and I think that's it just goes back to like stick with what sets a fire in your belly and go with it and you'll be amazed at, at how how you, where you can get with that that's such a good saying to finish today's podcast. Um, but we've just got one more wee message um, that we'd like to put out there. So here we are. In fact, do you want to give your dad a shout out? <laughs> well, I, well, I give my dad a shout out because he, um, he keeps asking me when am I recording this and when it'll be on. And he, he loved episode one. So CLT Talks has a number one fan and my dad. So Stevie Thompson loves CLD Talks. He's digging it. Yes, Stevie, <laughs> love it. I hope you enjoy the rest of them and I hope this is your favourite one. 
Aye, he's no bias or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much, Stephanie. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again, Stephanie, for sitting down and having the conversation with us. It was really, really nice to catch up with you. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation. Please follow us on Twitter at CLD Talks. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you can be kept up to date with all podcasts that will be getting released. And as always, thanks very much and I'll see you next time.